Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Tool. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Tool. Welcome to Rosedale Baptist Church, and it's great to have you looking in, or if you've already come in, it's great to have you in the house of God. Thank you for being a part. Uh, I hope you had a great 4th of July yesterday. Everyone have a great 4th of July yesterday. Thanking God for the freedoms, the country we live in, praying that God would continue, would continue to make us a more perfect union. Uh, be in prayer about that. Uh, and then I hope also you got a lot to eat. Anyone in here get a lot to eat? I mean, just overeating. Uh, I ate so much yesterday, my, I could barely get my face mask on. It was that tight. I mean, I felt like it was a squid suctioned onto my face. And uh, things you never thought you would say in 2019... Um, does this mask make my face look fat? And so, uh, and it's not a muffin top with a mask, it's chipmunk cheeks on the side uh, with a mask. And so I kind of feel like that uh, today, but uh, the good thing is we're going to feast from the Word of God today. Ephesians chapter 1, if you'll turn there. Uh, Ephesians chapter number 1, uh, looking at the longest Greek sentence in the entire Bible, uh, verse number 3 through verse number uh, 14, and of course, we're talking about the church, the church. Last week, uh, where people live from the inside out, the church. Uh, this week, the church, uh, where people are unbelievably blessed. Uh, and by way of review, write these down if you will, it splits into two sections. Uh, the first three chapters are, are, are about the doctrine of grace. Uh, the next three, the last three, are about our duties because of grace. Uh, it splits in two, divides in two. Uh, first three chapters are who we are positionally, who we are positionally uh, in Christ. Uh, last three chapters are what we do practically for Christ. Uh, first three chapters are uh, incredible privileges we have as Christians. And then uh, the last three chapters are impacting practices because we are Christians. Uh, and that fulcrum, that pivot point uh, is chapter 4, verse 1, that word therefore. Therefore, because of this, therefore, because of who we are in Christ, uh, what we've been given by Christ, chapter 1 through 3, uh, this is what, therefore, this is what we're to do for Christ, chapter 4, chapter 5, uh, and chapter 6. Uh, and when we realize how unbelievably blessed we are, uh, how uh, incredibly spiritually rich we are, uh, we'll have no problem with 4, 5, and 6 because it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Uh, it's the love of Christ that constrains us. It's, it's his grace that, that teaches us. It's, it's his blessings that prevent us. Uh, we love him because he first loved uh, us. And so I want to put it in a statement, if you will. Uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 1 through 3 help us to specifically inventory uh, all of our spiritual enrichment in order to supernaturally empower us to live out four, five, and six. But you can't skip it. You can't skip it. You can't start in four, five, uh, and six. And so God, for three chapters, is showing us how incredibly rich we are, uh, how incredibly blessed we are, uh, the grace and kindness that he's given to us, and it's from that reservoir. It's from that uh, heart of gratitude that we live in chapter four, five, uh, and six. Salvador Mundi was a da Vinci painting that he painted between the Last Supper and uh, the Mona Lisa. A French princess, Henrietta, uh, had it, and when she married 
uh, 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 King Charles I, she brought it to, uh, to England, hanging it in her private uh, uh, premises, her private chambers in the palace, uh, 1644. Uh, when England had their civil war uh, looming, she fled England, and in 1651, uh, they sold it, sold it uh, at an estate sale, that, that Salvador Mundi, that da Vinci, uh, at an estate sale to, to kind of a, a pay-off architect-type uh, fees. Uh, and then in 1763, it kind of lost where it was in moving around and, and the history, trying to trace that. And in uh, 1763, it was auctioned again, reappeared uh, once again. But uh, it had been so neglected, so poorly preserved, so painted over uh, uh, the origin of the painting, the identity of the artist, Da Vinci, uh, was not even known. In fact, one time it was in a French home, and when the French Revolution was happening, was sweeping over them, uh, that family was gathering all their valuables to, to just leave the house. Uh, they didn't even deem that painting valuable enough to take. Uh, just kind of, kind of fled. They, they, they left it. Uh, in 1958, the Salvador Mundi, that Da Vinci, sold for $120. Uh, and it was brought to New Orleans, Louisiana. It was owned by Henry Trudeau, who, when he passed, uh, it was listed in his estate at a value of $1,500. Uh, and then it was sold in auction for not uh, very much more than that in 2005. Uh, but then after meticulous restoration, uh, after tracing uh, and the identification, uh, realizing that it was Leonardo da Vinci that, that actually painted that, uh, it went from $120 to $750 to $1,500 to uh, November of 2017, it sold for $450 million. Uh, and during that time, people who didn't realize the masterpiece, people that didn't get uh, the master that painted that, that, that piece, they, they left it, they neglected it, they painted over it, they, they abused it, not knowing the value of it. Uh, God warns us about this in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, uh, about neglecting so great a salvation. Uh, neglecting so great a salvation and so forth. Three chapters he specifically inventories all of our spiritual enrichment in order to supernaturally empower us to live chapter 4, chapter 5, uh, and chapter 6. When we don't realize the greatness of our salvation, the graceness of our salvation, uh, we'll walk away from it. Uh, we'll ignore it. Uh, uh, we'll cover over it, gloss over it, paint over it, we'll uh, abuse it. We won't realize the master that painted that piece. Now, keep in mind, uh, Ephesus was a rich town. Uh, in, in fact, Ephesus was where the temple Diana was when uh, Alexander the, the uh, coppersmith and Demetrius the silversmith, they, they headed up pushing, pushing against Paul uh, when he was converting people away from uh, the money they made, the prosperity they had was from those uh, uh, religious items, those monuments that they made. Yeah. It was a prosperous town. Keep in mind, Timothy was the pastor for a time uh, at Ephesus, and Paul, in preparing Timothy to pastor there, said, the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some having coveted after uh, have erred from the faith, they that will be rich. In fact, uh, it's the elders at Ephesus in Acts chapter 20 uh, that Paul was very clear about. Uh, I kept back nothing that was profitable. Now, uh, at Ephesus, they're going to think that, that what's profitable is 
money and their bank account and their, their wherewithal and their, their capital that they have. But what's profitable is the Word of God. What's profitable is the grace of God. What's profitable? The presence of God. And so he's redirecting them to understand what's truly profitable. In fact, he said, I coveted no man's. It's in this setting to the elders at Ephesus. I coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. And then he said, same time, remember the words of the Lord Jesus who said unto you, it's better to give than to receive. All of this is all about Ephesus. All of this is all about, and so the backdrop is that rich town. Paul, who's writing this epistle, uh, is writing it from prison, uh, and he's trying to redirect them to understand their spiritual riches, their true riches, how spiritually rich they really are. And so look at verse number three. Let's take some time, uh, and let's just count. Let's Let's do some accounting of how spiritually rich we are. Look at verse number three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Put down point number one. The source of blessing is the Father. The source of blessing is the Father. Obviously, the Son's involving, the Spirit's empowering, but the source of all blessing is the Father, blessed be God and Father, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessing. Until you realize how much you have, one through three, uh, you won't be in a place to give four through six. Uh, until you realize the blessings you've been given, one through three, uh, you won't be a blessing to anyone else, four through six. In fact, Genesis 12, God told Abraham, I will bless thee, one through three, I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And so we have to grasp, we have to get, if you're saved, how spiritually blessed we really are, because the source of all, the source of all blessing, every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above, from the Father, from the Father, the source of all blessings are the Father. In fact, three ways we can look at this, categorize this. Put in number one, spiritual blessings are poured out on us. Spiritual blessings are poured out on, if you're a child of God, if you've been saved, if you're a Christian, been born again, spiritual blessings are poured out on, uh, he's blessed us with all, he's blessed us with all spiritual uh, blessings. Blessed be the Lord who daily pours out, who daily loadeth us with benefits, the blessings of the Lord maketh rich. He addeth no sorrow to it. And so number one, uh, spiritual blessings are poured out on us. The source is the Father. They're poured out on us. But now number two, sanctified blamelessness is purified in us. Okay, what do we have as a Christian? Uh, how spiritually rich. Let's inventory it. Let, let's categorize it and uh, let's uh, enumerate it. See how, how blessed we are. Spiritual blessings poured out on us. Uh, and then sanctified blamelessness is purified in us. Okay, look at verse number four. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be, say it, holy. And say it without blame. Okay, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Uh, sanctified blameless, blamelessness, purified uh, in us. In fact, 
Jude, verse 24, he says, Now unto him that is able, uh, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless. To present you faultless. Uh, in fact, Colossians chapter 1, uh, he presents us holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. He's the one that pours blessings on us. He's the one that purifies blamelessness in us. Uh, Listen, if you're a child of God, if you're saved, um, God, God, uh, he who knew no sin was made to be be sin for us. Uh, at, At the cross, God takes every sinful action I ever did, puts it on him. Every sinful uh, 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 appetite I ever had uh, and puts it on him. Uh, Every sinful action that that I ever did uh, and put it on him. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. But at salvation, uh, it's it's a switcheroo. He he puts on him my sin uh, and God treats him as such. Uh, But then at salvation, he puts his righteousness on me. Uh, on, on me, uh, he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so every righteous work he ever did attributed to me. Uh, every righteous attitude he ever had uh, attributed to me. Uh, every righteous act he ever uh, lived uh, attributed to me. Uh, that's blamelessness purified in us. Uh, I'm telling you, if you're a child of God, so much Uh, happened, and you have so much in your spiritual bank account, it's his righteousness, it's it's his holiness. Uh, I I do want to just kind of do a rest stop here just for a minute. Look at verse number four. Uh, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, uh, according as he hath chosen us in him. In fact, look at verse number five having predestined us under the adoption of the children of God. Great phrases, but often debated uh, phrases. Uh, uh, and, and someone will assert, well, well, do you believe in God's predestination or do you believe in man's free will? And my answer is both. I believe in both. I remember Carmen Cotafamo, uh, first thing he asked me when I went through the door to follow up on him, he said, are you a Calvinist or are you an Arminian? And I said, uh, neither. And so, uh, is it God choosing us, or do we have any choice at all? Uh, does God choose us, or do we have any choice at all? Joshua, choose you this day whom you will serve. Uh, do we have a choice? And so, uh, that debate over uh, 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 God does predestine us, and man does have a free will. Uh, how do those two absolute doctrines coalesce? Uh, how do those absolute doctrines not conflict, uh, that whole topic, that, that, that whole uh, debate. Uh, some have said, in trying to figure it out, some have lost their minds. <laughs> uh, and, and others have said, uh, in, in trying to explain it away, some have lost their heart. Uh, this thing has been debated for hundreds of years. God's sovereignty, man's free will. Uh, does he choose or do we have a, a choice? Uh, By the way, the biggest battleground for this is Romans 9, 10, and 11. And I love how it concludes in verse number 33 when it says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments. And his ways past finding out, 
Uh, in fact, Isaiah says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, uh, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And so uh, with hundreds of books being written about this, thousands of hours debated on this, uh, hundreds of years, uh, this doctrinal argument uh, going on, uh, I'm not sure that I can exhaust it or explain it in 10 minutes, but let's try. So uh, uh, understand, understand, uh, God's sovereignty, man's free will, uh, and the thing I want you to get, to take away, it's his foreknowledge first, okay? Don't, don't miss this. It's his foreknowledge first, because whosoever will may come. We know that. Uh, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We get that. Uh, he's the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Boy, boy, we get that. Uh, but God's sovereignty and man's uh, free will, uh, how does that coalesce? It's his foreknowledge first. First Peter chapter 1, verse number 2, quickly. He, he calls us elect. The elect. Christians are, are the elect. Just like he's chosen us, just like he predestines us, we're elect, but based upon what? Uh, we're elect according to the foreknowledge of God. According to the foreknowledge of God. He omnisciently knows ahead of time who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved. Uh, he omnisciently knows ahead of time. Hey, whosoever will may come, uh, but has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? <laughs> and, and so his foreknowledge first, he knows who's going to be saved. And then three verses later it says, they're kept by the power of God. And so it's his foreknowledge first, realizing that uh, in 1997, Scott Toole is going to bow his head uh, and trust Jesus Christ as his Savior, uh, and my sovereignty, I'm going to choose him, uh, elect him, predestine him to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Once you're saved, you're secure. Once you're saved, you're secure. It's foreknowledge first, elect according to, uh, according to his omniscient, he omnisciently knows who will be saved. Okay, uh, Romans 8. Uh, Romans 8 verse 29 says, not only elect according to the foreknowledge of God, foreknowledge first. Verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, uh, he knew ahead of time who's going to be saved, who's not going to be saved. For whom he did foreknow, them he also did predestinate to be not saved or not saved predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Okay, he knows ahead of time Pete Walter is going to be saved somewhere in Ohio back in the day. And because he knows he's going to be saved, then he predestines him eventually, predestines us eventually. It's the security of the believer. Boy, God's going to use good times and bad times, Pete, to, to, to uh, kind of smooth off those rough edges. God's going to use up times and down times uh, in, in order to make me more like the Lord Jesus Christ. For whom he did foreknow, first, them he also did predestine, second, to be conformed to the image of his Son. And so get the fact that, uh, uh, do you believe in God's sovereignty? I absolutely do. Do you believe in man's free will? I, I absolutely do. Uh, and do they coalesce? They absolutely do. But if we don't get it, don't understand it, uh, it's not because they conflict. The Father never forces anyone. The Father never forces anyone. Uh, if nothing else, remember... In fact, look at verse number 3 again, quickly. Verse number 3. This is one long sentence. 206 Greek words. 
264 English. Hey, it's one sentence. Look at it. He blesses us, verse 3. He chooses us, verse 4. He predestines us, verse 5. He accepts us, verse 6. He forgives us, verse 7. He enriches us, verse 8. He he makes known to us, verse 9. He gathers us, verse 10. He works in us, verse 11. But first, but first, look at verse number 12. That we should be to the praise of His glory, who first, who first trusted Christ. And in His foreknowledge, He knows. Boy, that's the trigger that starts all of those blessings in motion. Boy, that's the starter's gun. When a person gets saved, and if you've never trusted Christ first, boy, those blessings, that security, the access to God, the the onboard Holy Spirit of God, sealing, protecting, guiding, boy, the riches of God pour out, but first, but first, but first, have you trusted Christ as your Savior. The only absolute sequence word in this huge sentence is that who first, 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 the foreknowledge of God first. Okay, so that I answer all the questions. I probably created more questions, but let's go on. And so uh, anyway, uh, number one, uh, the source of the blessings are the Father. We have spiritual blessings poured out on us. Uh, We have sanctified blamelessness purified in us. But then number three, write it down. The status of belonging is provided to us. The status of belonging. I really do feel like that pirate's treasure of just running your fingers and that the jewels and the gold pieces and all that God's blessed us with. And one of those is the status of belonging. Look at verse 6. Wherein he hath made us accepted. Same word as Luke, referencing Mary, highly favored. He hath made us highly favored. His grace included us. Uh, His grace uh, included us at the table, uh, included us in the family. Hey, because of God's grace, I'm a child of God, and we're brothers and sisters. We're part of the family, the church. We're we're part of the family, uh, the church. And and so uh, here in chapter 1 through 3, he's specifically inventorying all of our spiritual enrichment in order to supernaturally empower us to live chapter 4, to live chapter 5, and to live chapter 6. Put down number 2 quickly. Number 1, the source of the blessings are the Father. The source of the blessings are the Father. Number 2, the seed of the blessing. The seed of the blessing is the Son. The blessings come from the Father but the blessings are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 7. In whom whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In whom we're bought with a price. Uh, He he bought, number one, our redemption. In in whom? Uh, Put down number two. He brings us revelation. Verse number eight. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom. In all wisdom. I sure hope you're praying through this series that God would show us how really rich we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. I I hope you're taking the time to count your blessings, to to enumerate, to do an accounting of uh, how spiritually rich we are. Uh, He gives us wisdom and prudence, uh, having made known unto us the mystery 
uh, of his will. And then number C, he begins his reasons. Look at it in verse number 10. One huge sentence. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are in earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. That, that, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted Christ. Foreknowledge first, uh, and then that, that election, that chosen, that predestination second. Uh, number one, to gather all things together. Number two, to conform us to the image of his son. Number three, uh, who would be to the praise of of his glory. Hey, listen, right up here. Don't miss. Don't miss. There may be some doctrinal debates about the first, but there's no debate about where those blessings are found. It's in him. In whom? Uh, in Christ. Uh, when you count the number of times he references that in one sentence, in Christ, in Christ, in him. It starts in verse number one, to the faithful in Christ Jesus, the blessings aren't from Christ, they're in Christ. They're not from Christ, they're in Christ. They're from the Father, but they're in Christ. Now look at the sentence, verse number three, last part. Uh, With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, uh, according as he hath chosen us in him, verse six, uh, he hath made us accepted in in the beloved, uh, verse seven, in whom we have redemption through his blood, verse nine, Uh, uh, his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, verse 10, uh, making uh, one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are in earth, even uh, in him, verse 11, in whom, verse number 12, uh, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom, in whom, some 11 times in one sentence. He said you're incredibly rich, spiritually rich, but don't miss the fact that it's your being in Christ. It's you being in, in. If any man be in Christ, in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. By God, blessing and blessing and blessing. Uh, If you did hamburgers on the grill yesterday, I don't want to go into flies that fly around, how they actually digest their food. Does anybody know about that? Uh, that thing that's going down, they actually are regurgitating, they're dissolving their food, and then they're slurping it up. And so basically they're, uh, let's see, uh, vomiting uh, on your hamburger, and so they're, they're doing that. Uh, a fly travels at about five miles per hour uh, unless it's trapped in your car. Uh, and if it's trapped in your, keep your hamburger away from it, but if it's trapped in your car, uh, it's not traveling just five miles an hour. Uh, you get on Highway 95, uh, it's going to be traveling five miles an hour plus 75 miles an hour. Because it's in something so much greater than it. And when we're in someone so much greater than us, that's where all of those spiritual blessings are. Uh, It's not from Christ, they're they're in Christ. Uh, We don't have to pry the blessing out of his hand. At salvation, he places us in his hand. I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave, which is greater than all, uh, gave them me. My Father's gave them me greater than all. And, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hands. Boy, that's where the phrases come into play. We're kept by the power of God. We're predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, but it's His foreknowledge. We first trust Christ as our Savior. 
Well, if you've never done that, that's the bottleneck. If you've never done that, that's what's stopping those blessings from being poured out. Put down number three. The source of the blessings, the Father. Number two, the seed of the blessings, the Son. Number three, the security of the blessings is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. Two things, write them down. The protection of the Spirit, the payment of the Spirit. The protection of the Spirit, uh, staying in our text, verse 13, still same sentence. Uh, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel uh, of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed, sealed, sealed with that Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians, who hath also sealed us. Uh, Ephesians 4, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed. Protection, but then also payment, the payment uh, of the Spirit. Look at verse number 13. Ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, that promissory note, the promissory note, the payment, uh, which is the earnest, the earnest, that down payment, the promissory note, that down payment uh, of your inheritance on the redemption of the purchased possession. 2 Corinthians 1, the earnest uh, of the Spirit, uh, and, and so we're protected, the protection, and then the payment, uh, that payment, that down payment that God's given to us. You say, how do I know that, that someday I'll be with God? Because you have God inside of you, the Holy Spirit of God. If you're saved, that down payment is so big, he's not going to walk away from that down payment. Uh, In fact, being confident of this one thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Because you've been sealed. Uh, And and lastly, uh, understand the purposes behind all of this. Uh, the purposes behind all of the riches uh, and the grace and the kindness uh, and the blessing and the forgiveness uh, and the access of God and the Father pouring it out and uh, the Son redeeming, paying the price and the Spirit of God. Uh, it's all for the praise uh, of His glory. Look at verse number 6. The Father, to the praise of the glory of His grace. The Son, verse 12. That we should be to the praise of his glory. The Spirit, verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Listen, when you truly grasp everything that God's given to us, that's when we truly realize we didn't earn any of it. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Boy, these blessings are so big. We didn't work for them. Uh, We didn't merit them. Uh, All we can do is celebrate and rejoice and be transformed because of them. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is uh, we have something hanging in our heart that's of more infinite value than the Salvador Mundi. That, that Da Vinci masterpiece. Uh, we have something in our heart, the Holy Spirit of God, something in our heart, uh, if you're saved, that's of so much more value, our salvation, so much more valuable than that. But don't abuse it. Don't neglect it. Don't walk away from it. Don't gloss over it. Don't ignore it. Well, let's make sure we realize. We realize our spiritual bank account is full and overflowing. And we don't even realize it. We never withdraw from it. Uh, was it William Randolph Hearst, that newspaper mogul that had a fortune in his art collection? And 
one of his right-hand men, one of the daily tasks that he was given him during a meeting, and he said, oh yeah, by the way, I saw this painting that I want, boy, I need, I don't care how much you have to pay, how far you have to go, I don't care how long it takes, I want that in my collection. And so uh, they, they parted, and then about a week later, uh, they had another one of those meetings and going through different details, different details. Uh, and he's, oh, yeah, did you ever, uh, how far did you have to go to, to find that painting? And he goes, not, not very far. Uh, how, 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 how much did you have to pay uh, to get that painting? And the, and the guy said, well, I, I didn't have to pay too much because that painting was already in your collection. As Christians, we do the exact same thing. Uh, we search for what we already have. We search for what we already have. Uh, we've been given all things that pertain unto life uh, and godliness, but we end up wearing ourselves out searching for what we already have. And as we realize His blessings, then we will respond with Christ-like behavior. Uh, when we realize how blessed we truly are, we'll, no ha we'll have no problem with chapter 4, chapter 5, and chapter 6. Well, have you heard uh, people say, well, they just don't love God enough. They just don't love God. That group, teenagers today, they just don't love God enough. Uh, let's take it a step, a step further back. Uh, I would propose they don't realize how much God loves them. Because we love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us and said, well, if you love God, you do this. If you love God, you do that. Uh, no, if we realized how truly rich we are, uh, how incredibly loved we are, hey, that's when we increase our love to Him, uh, and that's what helps us to spark, to be motivated to live chapter 4, chapter 5, and chapter 6. It's the love of Christ that constrains us. Uh, it's the grace of God that leads us, the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's, it's the grace of God that, that brings salvation that hath appeared unto all men. Uh, it's what teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. And so my actionable item today is that let's spend time thinking about the great salvation that God has given. That God has given. Thinking about uh, if he's forgiven you, uh, saved you, if he's making a home in heaven for you, if the Holy Spirit indwells you, the word of God he's given to you, the fellowship of the saints blessed all around you, but let's be thinking about all that God's given to us. Let's be thanking God for all God's given to us. And let's make sure we don't neglect, we don't neglect that Salvador Mundi that was left behind at times, was abused, neglected at times, that, that was sold for pennies at times, that was painted over, glossed over at times, because they never realized what they had. Well, I sure hope it's never said of us that we don't realize the goodness and the grace uh, and the mercy and the love of God that's been poured out on us. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.